In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Last week, Father Michael talked to us for a little bit about living life as a Christian with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in another. So I took that to heart and did it this week. Um, The biggest news story this week wasn't the SC-USC game, believe it or not. It wasn't the health care reform that's been ongoing in the Senate. And no, it wasn't even the two uninvited guests at the presidential state dinner. What was it? What was the big news story this week? It was Black Friday. (laughs) Um... I was checking out how many pages were in... I was in San Antonio visiting my in-laws. There are 44 pages of news, actual news in the newspaper, and I didn't bother to count how many were in here, but um, the Macy's catalog alone had 76 pages. That's almost double the pages in the newspaper. So uh, here in the United States, we do put a lot of energy into our shopping. We take the lead of Santa Claus... We make our lists, and we check them twice. On Friday morning, I got on the computer, onto my Facebook account, and I saw several updates of my friends, excited that they got up at 2 a.m. to hit the 3 a.m. sales. Now, this was about 9 a.m. when I actually read this. (laughs) Amid the chaos of the sales, these bargains tell us, all the people in the ads tell us, that the ads and the buying are supposed to usher in our season of hope and joy. Now, one of the headlines on the front page of the Thursday paper in San Antonio reads, Stores seek lots of green on Black Friday. Our culture looks to how we spend our green as consumers to bring hope to our economy. And we do rely on our economy and the spending of the green at this time of year. But this is the kind of hope that we know will pass away. We know as Christians that a big year in the store will not bring any kind of lasting joy in our lives. Contrast that um, headline about the green, bringing in the green in the stores, to the headlines of this week's scriptures. In Jeremiah... In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. And in Luke, look at the fig tree and all the trees and how they're going to be the sprouting, the leaves, the green of the kingdom. This is the greening of the Holy Spirit we're talking about. The coming of God's kingdom. When we seek this kind of green, we're seeking something that is truly lasting something eternal. Jesus came and will come again to bring eternal joy, a promised rescue from the pain and suffering of this world. So this and every Advent, we await the second coming of Christ. And we are called in this season to restore what is lacking in our faith, to increase and abound in love for one another and for all, And to open our lives to God so that our hearts may be strengthened in holiness. As we begin this season, we enter a time of preparation. 
Sure. Our preparations will include the shopping lists and the tree decorating and the holiday festivities. But what if this year we took just as much time to prepare to celebrate the coming of Jesus into this world as we do to prepare to open up the gifts on Christmas morning? It's easy to get caught up in all the things that are supposed to bring us joy during the holiday. Just as it is easy to get caught up in all of the hurt in the world. I spent Thanksgiving, as I just said earlier, with my in-laws this past week. And we had a feast. Turkey, stuffing, potatoes, yeast rolls, pecan pie, a whole spread of rich, warm, and filling food. And we finished the cleanup. And my mother-in-law turned on the television, vying with my husband and father-in-law for the football game. She won out this time. For the Hallmark Channel movie. It was a heartwarming movie about family and love and all the joys of the holiday season. And as everyone was watching this movie, I took a little break. And I picked up a magazine that was sitting on the coffee table. And it was in utter contrast to what was on TV. It was a horrifying story of four boys, the Jacksons. The story first broke in 2003. And um, at the time, the boys for several years had been starved by the family who adopted them. They only ate raw food like pancake batter and the occasional peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Back in 2003, the oldest of the bunch finally escaped the abusive home and sought help at 19 years of age and 45 pounds. It made my overfed gut hurt to read about how for years these boys gnawed on drywall to quell their hunger. It was easy for me both to read that article and ache as well as turn my attention back to that heartwarming Hallmark movie on TV, away from the reality of human suffering in that article. For the past few weeks in our scriptures, we have heard about the signs of the coming of Jesus. Jesus said we would hear about hunger, famine striking the earth, earthquakes, nation rising up against nation, Signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And how we would inevitably confuse what all these signs meant. I think that the signs are all around us. And have been ever since the first coming of Jesus in that stable 2,000 years ago. We can read and watch and some of us even unfortunately experience the stories of hunger, strife, and upset in our human family. And it's so easy to return back to the security of the Hallmark movie of the Christmas lists. It's easy to ignore the headlines in black and white and instead turn to the glossy color ads. But I'd have to say that it's not easy to live in fear or with anxiety about what is happening and what might be. And no matter how many distractions our culture offers... A world in strife continues to struggle. In the past decade, we've seen Hurricane Katrina, two major market crashes, and 9-11 here in this country. 
the signs of our time. So what can we do, what can we actually do as Christians to lift up our heads as Jesus calls us to do? How do we convey that Christian belief that yes, indeed, the redemption of this world is drawing near? Jesus said that in the midst of all of these signs of the times, we shall not fear, but take heart and live with a bold sense of hope. We are called to look for, and not only to look for, but to be the signs of life. And when we experience and are what is abounding in faith, hope, and love, we know that God's kingdom is very near. So last Thanksgiving evening, I could have easily stopped reading the article about the hungry boys and just kept my attention focused on all of the heartwarming before I actually encountered the signs of life and hope in the story of the Jackson boys. But I continued on, and I read about how neighbors aided in the rescue of these boys, how new adoptive parents for the past several years now nourish and care for the once-starved boys, feeding them with both food and love. I had to take a moment and thank God for the security and love of family those boys now know. I thanked God that I've always known the blessing of family, and there it was again this year in that room on Thanksgiving Day, equipping me with the ability to be compassionate. Seeking after signs of life in the midst of chaos or pain is our Christian hope. I believe that we reveal the Christian hope of redemption to others by our choices, the way we live our lives each day. Advent offers us a special time to focus on the ways we can make room in the end of our hearts for Jesus to come and be born and transform us. The church Paul addressed in his letter to the Thessalonians this morning is not much unlike our Christian community today. An Advent people, the church members awaited the coming of Christ. They believed that the kingdom was drawing very near. And they, too, had many distractions that threatened to take them away from the promise of hope, from the hope of their faith. Augustus Caesar was one of those people who enticed them. He enticed them with the promise of continuing peace in the land. At the time, there had been relatively few conflicts in the Roman Empire for 70 years. Believing in the resurrected Jesus and the coming establishment of a new kingdom, that meant that they were a threat to that peace. And as a result, to believe in Jesus and to gather together in his name meant that the early Christians were risking their lives to continue trusting in the signs of faith, hope, and love. They risked believing something beyond the fleeting peace that the world offered them, the fleeting peace that Jesus promised would pass away. 
They risked their lives so that we, here in this room, might continue to hope for the coming of God's kingdom. And they continued to recognize all the ways that they needed to prepare their hearts for the second coming of the Lord. Until God's kingdom comes, we also will continue to live in a world that is waiting. A world that's full of imperfection, full of imperfect people like us. But God's Advent call for us is to hope in the possibilities of what can be and what is to come. To work out what is lacking in our faith so that we might draw nearer. To fiercely love the unlovable so we might draw nearer. To be strengthened by the holiness of God as we grow together in community so we might draw nearer. To rejoice that we trust in the power of Emmanuel, God with us, as we draw nearer. As the parable we heard this morning says, look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. Know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Earth and heaven, Jesus says, will pass away, as will our anger and our pain, our hate and indifference. The world as we know it, praise God, will pass away. But the word of God, of faith, hope, and love, will never pass away. God promised this hope to David and our, and our forefathers, to the early Christians in that church at Thessalonica, and to us. So as we enter into this season of Advent, may we continue to be the green, the signs of life, sprouting leaves of compassion and humility to a world so desperate for joy and love. May we seek the transformation of our own lives so that the whole world may in turn be transformed. Amen.